you are here with Alex Pottorf and Anita Vasudevan from the Southwestern Alliance Against Food Insecurity at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. This is the second installment of our policy series, and today we have with us our very own Dr. Sandy Pruitt. Dr. Pruitt received her PhD in public health from the University of Texas Health Science Center, and she is an associate professor in the Population and Data Sciences Department at UT Southwestern. Her research focuses on the interface of behavioral science, epidemiology, and health disparities, and today she was able to offer us an academic perspective on food policy. All right, thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Pruitt. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field? Absolutely. Um, I, I relocated here to UT Southwestern about seven years ago, and when I arrived, my primary research interests were related to the social determinants of health and geographic disparities and chronic disease outcomes like cancer. When I arrived here, though, I met some folks who work with a local food pantry, and my colleague, who's an economist, Dr. Tammy Leonard at the University of Dallas, and she shared with me some great data resources that a local food pantry was starting to collect, and I realized that there were a lot of data available um, about where people live who are low income and what their um, health concerns might be. Um, over the last seven years, that has evolved into a thriving community academic partnership that we have with a food pantry where we've conducted a number of different funded studies, evaluation studies, and I've become increasingly more interested in the role of food insecurity and health and also uh, nutrition and health and how those relate to future chronic disease outcomes. Dr. Pruitt is very involved in researching food pantry utilization in the local area. One of her interests is looking at what types of food pantry goers are selecting and how to promote healthy food choice. If you listened to our last episode with Dr. Hawthorne, you may remember that while food scarcity is still a huge component of food insecurity, food choice is still a component we shouldn't ignore. Over the last few years, we have developed a pretty robust uh, research infrastructure to study the types of food that low-income food pantry clients are eating here in Dallas um, and how we might modify the systems that provide that food to low-income people um, to better support healthy food choices. You may not think of food pantries as a place for innovation, but the North Texas Food Bank is doing just that. Dr. Pruitt spends much of her time as a researcher partnering with this organization to improve food delivery. One of the more interesting things we've done over the last few years is we received a, a multi-year research funding from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And the goal of the funding that we received was to evaluate a new system of food delivery that was pioneered right here in Dallas County and to my knowledge is first of its kind in the nation. The question we were answering was is a um, less de is a decentralized model of food distribution more efficient for clients than a centralized model. Um, basically food pantries in general receive their food from regional food banks like the North Texas Food Bank and distribute that food directly to clients. However, in a place like Dallas County, which is 880 square miles and is huge and filled with lots of people, um, access to those food pantries is challenging. So in response to that, Crossroads Community Services, which is the largest food distributor of foods from the North Texas Food Bank in the county, has developed a new model called the Community Distribution Partner Model, in which they partner with small community organizations to distribute the food. So they serve almost like a mini food pantry giving the food out to these other organizations that can better meet the needs of the client. So why is this important? Um, well, our evaluation has determined that um, 
by partnering with smaller organizations and distributing food to them, they, uh, Crossroads has dramatically reduced the travel time that it takes for an individual to get food. As a result, um, the clients who live, um, who clients who receive food from these community distribution partners only travel about five minutes round trip by car. Whereas before they pioneered this model, clients were traveling upwards of 15 minutes round trip in, in average to get food. This is really important because many people who are food insecure don't have cars um, and have trouble accessing food. So this model that we evaluated has proven to be a useful policy and providing evidence showing that it helps clients um, really has argued for expanding the model to other places. So as a response, the North Texas Food Bank has expanded this model to another uh, food system over in Mesquite called Sharing Life Outreach, which is another partner in the research that we're doing. So you might be wondering what kinds of impacts a policy change like this would have on clients other than just reducing drive time, and Dr. Pruitt's team evaluated just that. These results aren't published yet, but they found that decentralized food delivery actually improves client well-being. So what we found is that by offering food through a decentralized system, clients are more likely to come get their food more often. This is really, really important because we've shown that the more frequently clients come to pick up food, um, the, the better food security they have. Mm -hmm. So by attending more, they have more food security. And what's really interesting is we've also shown that people who come more often to these pantries also have better social support. So they're more likely to report that people care about them and um, that people um, are there to help them through tough times and to listen to their concerns. This is really important because particularly for older people and particularly for people who are food insecure, there's a lot of social isolation, there's a lot of shame, um, and this is not healthy for people, obviously. So that's just an example of one of the projects that we've done where we've tried to generate robust scientific evidence to demonstrate how changes in institutional policies can really support the health and well-being of, of low-income food insecure populations. These policies at local and institutional level are really important to consider. Now, Dr. Hawthorne talked a lot about federal policies and state and local municipal policies, which are hugely important in combating food insecurity, but policies at institutional levels are also really important. Um, and finding new and more efficient ways to get more types of healthy, nutritious foods to more people is going to save a lot of lives um, in, in the long term. Dr. Pruitt and her team have made a lot of progress with innovation in the food insecurity realm by teaming with community partners who are already doing great work for their clients. From our volunteer efforts and research into the topic of food insecurity, we found that there are so many organizations that exist even in just the city of Dallas. With so many potential community partners to choose from, we were curious about how her team makes these connections for meaningful change. That's a great question. I agree there's a ton of organizations that are, that are working together to tackle food insecurity. Unfortunately, um, a lot of the lessons learned about new and efficient ideas and ways to improve those services aren't always shared. And I really think that's in part because there's not a lot of data or evidence to quantify how much better policy A is versus policy B. Um, that's where we come in. So, um, you know, in our own community academic partnership, we've partnered with uh, organizations that have the capacity to collect data 
who have interest in using data to inform what they do, and most importantly, um, demonstrate positive attitudes towards innovation. In other words, organizations that are willing to change what they're doing if our data can demonstrate that it's better for their clients' health. As medical students, we know that practicing good medicine means practicing evidence-based medicine. As the definition of medicine and health expands to include the social determinants of health, it's really amazing to see that there are people like Dr. Pruitt and organizations who are doing such cutting-edge research in this field. You know, already we're, we're generating some evidence that's being looked at by other organizations in other parts of the state and across the country to, to try to improve how food banks work. So we've talked quite a bit about how Dr. Pruitt and her team have partnered with the North Texas Food Bank, but we had a question. Why do we even need food banks? With programs like SNAP, formerly known as food stamps, aren't most people able to get the food that they need to feed their families? Well, to our surprise, according to Feeding America, one in seven U.S. adults have visited a food bank. That's a lot of people. So our closest partner that we we do our research projects with is Crossroads. Mm -hmm. um, they have served approximately 13,000 individ ind individuals every single year, mm -hmm. um, giving out, I think, about 2. million pounds. Um, in the coming year, they plan to increase that number a lot given their recent expansion as part of taking over the the southern sector of Dallas County and parts of other surrounding counties. I believe um, in the next year they planned to serve 30,000 individuals providing about six million pounds of food and that's wow. just one of the member pantries of the North Texas Food Bank here mm -hmm. in Dallas. Historically the research about food insecurity food assistance and health has largely focused on the role of SNAP, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the nation's most important anti-poverty policies and is a health-promoting program. Um, however, there's a lot of folks who either don't qualify for SNAP or don't sign up for SNAP. Mm -hmm. Those individuals' needs, food needs, are being met by food banks and mm -hmm. food pantries that are part of the national network. So one of our goals is to generate the policies, you know, generate the evidence that supports health-promoting policies in the food banking system to ensure that it improves the health of everybody. Well, it's pretty clear that food banks are important. Since so many Americans do rely on food banks to feed themselves and their families, we asked Dr. Pruitt if clients actually do receive healthy, balanced foods. Things have changed over the last decade in this space dramatically. Um, I believe that in general, food banks and food pantries are becoming more focused on health and working harder to promote healthier food choices. Um, one thing we have done locally is to improve what Crossroads Community Services has already done. Um, Crossroads, I believe, is the first pantry in the nation that implemented a evidence-based tool to make sure families got the right amount of healthy, nutritious foods for them based on the algorithm related to how many people are in the household, the age and the sex of those people, and also whether anyone in the household is working a labor-intensive job and might need more calories, right? So they worked with a registered dietitian to use that information to make sure people get the right amounts of food. In contrast, there are a lot of pantries who don't have that kind of capacity to do something so complex and give the same size of a, of a box of food to people who are a household of one or a household of 12, right? So in addition to starting from this place where Crossroads is already health promoting, we've um, done some great work to help improve the health, hopefully to improve the 
nutritional quality of the food that clients choose. So right now there's a very large push in food banking to support client choice pantries. These are pantries where clients get to choose the types of foods they want, as opposed to just saying, here's your box of food. Instead, the, the new model is here are the options of, of food. You choose the food that's what you want to eat. And this is more, um, it, this is good for clients because it helps you know them have their own autonomy. And these are folks who often don't have a lot of autonomy to start with. So in addition to more client choice, Dr. Pruitt and some of her colleagues have actually used basically marketing tools to encourage healthy food choices among pantry clients. You can think about how when you go to a grocery store and you look in front of you, the foods in a grocery store are not arrayed randomly. There's a lot of marketing science and other science to put the types of things you want or they want you to buy right at eye level, right? We think we can use similar types of tools and, and, and strategies in the food pantry system. So what we've done is use the quantification scores of how healthy various foods are in the inventory and sorted the types of food in order of healthiness when clients are choosing. At Crossroads, they choose on a computer and then they shop through the pantry later, picking out the things they've already selected on the computer that gets printed out. What we've done is we've ordered the types of food, so when clients go to choose uh, meats, for example, or go to choose proteins, or go to choose fruits and vegetables, whatever, um, when they look to make their choices, the healthier foods are listed first. Um, we don't yet know if this is improving their choices, but I'm because we haven't evaluated it, we just implemented it um, a few months ago. And I think it might help even in the context of uh, a food pantry where most of the options are really healthy to sort of trigger people to make the right choices based on what they see first. So we didn't mention this earlier, but when we showed up for our meeting with Dr. Pruitt, she was surrounded by research articles. As a researcher, she wanted to make sure that she was giving us the objective facts about food insecurity. And as an advocate, she wanted to tell us how we can all stay informed about this issue. It's just been very encouraging to me to see that the healthcare system is starting to pay attention um, to how they can actually save money if they help screen and connect their patients to um, programs that provide food assistance. Um, and those costs can be saved um, from emergency room visits um, to the long-term preventing of chronic disease. And it's been very exciting for us to have a recently funded project um, with, with Parkland Health and Hospital System and Crossroads Community Services um, to help bring a healthcare system, health, to bring healthcare to individuals in the food pantry setting and to help ensure that individuals who go to the food pantry who aren't already signed up at Parkland go to Parkland and that folks who at Parkland with food insecurity get referred to those community organizations. Mm -hmm. So that's one more thing I wanted to share. And then I thought it would be good to, to mention that there's a great resource for ongoing uh, information about the latest in data, evidence, and policy uh, related to food insecurity. It's called FRAC. Um, frac.org and that's a food research and action center and they offer just a ton of different resources if you're interested in learning more. After speaking with Dr. Pruitt, one thing was clear to us. In order to ease the burden of food insecurity, we all have to be open to change. Whether that means a food pantry changing its policies to promote healthy food consumption or a county hospital system recognizing how food insecurity impacts the health of a large proportion of its patients. 
Yeah, you're definitely right, Anita. Before talking to Dr. Pruitt, I never even thought of places like food banks as being a setting for research to be conducted. But like any other public health issue, we need evidence-based solutions. Food pantries aren't just a place where people and families come to pick up some items of food. They have the potential to be the source of empowerment for people around the community to have healthier choices. They have the potential to be a driver in reducing chronic diseases in the U.S. Through our food policy series, we have already started to learn that we can do better than the status quo. Healthcare doesn't be begin in the physician's office. It begins in the community. And it's our responsibility as future healthcare professionals to support the community partnerships that are fighting food insecurity. Dr. Pruitt is an associate professor in the Department of Clinical Sciences at UT Southwestern Medical Center. Much of her research focuses on food insecurity in partnership with the North Texas Food Bank. She is also one of the wonderful faculty advisors for our student organization, the Southwestern Alliance Against Food Insecurity. We've been your hosts, Anita and Alex. We hope we've offered some food for thought. Join us next time. <laughs>